Today's episode of the Not For The Bay podcast, we will be reviewing NFL Week 3 headlines and games of the finale between the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos. Uh, key games like the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. I uh, wanted to highlight the NFL Players Association wanting to review the whole situation with the Tua Tagovailoa concussion protocol process, uh, his ability to be able to come back into the game. But first things first, you know how we get this thing going. Silent Nell's going to get us right. Ain't no love lost, I'll just move how I move Jockin' for position, I fight in there with two Whoa, I got these niggas rattled, got these bitches so loose Tell them on the tone while she blow on my flu I got biggie dreams, give me, give me the loot Don't put no selling on me, I'ma shoot through the roof Every day I wake up, I'm tryna blow it down This beat is knockin' weed, hittin' while I move through the town I discover what it's like to say, fuck it You can look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something Took a little minute, but I like who I'm becoming. Yeah. Uh, it is now 11.33 p.m. Eastern Time Right after the San Francisco 49ers and Denver Broncos Sunday night game Long time no here Last time we spoke it was last Sunday um, I know we ended up having to miss the whole remainder of the week Again we are in the process of a transition and again, I'm trying my absolute best to get this thing steady in on a consistent basis moving forward. But got a lot of stuff to get into as far as uh, some of these NFL Week 3 games. Um, I guess first things first, we can just go ahead and jump into the Sunday night game between the Denver Broncos, excuse me, the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos. Um, I guess the key... I guess the key to this game in particular was probably special teams, considering the fact that the majority of the game, both teams were able to pin the opposing team deep in in their territory where they end up having to drive the distance to be able to to to, to put some points on the board. It was definitely an offensive struggle for both teams. Uh, but in the end, it came down to. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos somehow being able to put a drive together and end up punching it in uh, in the fourth quarter for a touchdown. But I just want to like they, they both teams definitely struggled for sure, but definitely both teams definitely struggled. But looking at the Denver Broncos in particular, I don't it's looking like Russell Wilson is just hasn't found that comfort level yet with the Denver Broncos offense. We saw it in the first two weeks. And considering how this was a primetime game, well, the week one was primetime with the Seahawks. Uh, this is a primetime game. It's it, him just being under center. He's just not comfortable. And personally, I, I feel like Russell Wilson is at his best when the play is broken down and he has to end up extending the play and finding an open receiver. And that and him just being able to just drop that three-step, five-step drop is is not his game and it shows like just erratic passes throughout the game uh it's not all his fault because the receivers did drop passes too they were unable to get the running game going too as well uh but I feel like that's where Russell Wilson is at his best where he's able to move around in the pocket and be able to make plays with his feet extending the play and getting getting his receivers involved but like I said um didn't exactly get a lot of help from the running game 
Uh, Javante Williams at 15 carries, 58 yards, averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Melvin Gordon had a key had a key turnover uh, in the game in in the game where I felt like that could have been a turning point, but they was able to they was able to last out. But again, it it came down. It was an offensive struggle on both sides of the ball. Um, and the Denver Broncos was able to muster out a a key drive at the end of the fourth quarter, and they was able to punch it in and and win the game. But on the flip side, looking at the San Francisco 49ers, because I felt like the 49ers, they had multiple opportunities during the course of this game to to pull away, and they didn't do it. Now, same thing. It was a lot of inconsistencies with the quarterback position with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, a lot of er- erratic passes uh, towards, I think it was towards the end of the third quarter or in the middle of the third quarter. That's when they end up losing Trent Williams. And the first thing I thought to myself, this is where this game is going to take a turn, take a, take a turn for the worst for the Niners because mm-hmm. Trent Williams is such a big pivotal part for the 49ers being able to anchor that left side and with Bradley Chubb on that side, he's going to be able to take advantage of whoever is going to be coming in on, on that side. And they were unable to get all their offense consistent after they end up losing, losing Trent Williams. But it, you got to like, I like the creativity by, by uh, Kyle Shanahan. He was able to get his guys in space. It just all came down to execution with the quarterback position and the receivers, can they catch the ball? Can Jimmy Garoppolo make the make the throws? And towards the end of the game, they got two opportunities to be able to put the ball in the end zone and possibly take the lead. And unfortunately, it ended up it ended up in two turnovers. The last one was in ended up being an interception thrown by Jimmy Garoppolo where honestly I felt like the ball shouldn't have been thrown anyway because there was like three defenders in the vicinity so somebody was going to end up coming coming down with it but honestly when I look at this game it was it was a very very off it was a big offensive struggle all both offenses were struggling to get the get the ball rolling and the Denver Broncos were able to edge out a win with the final with the final offensive drive to to put something together and actually get the ball into the end zone but I feel like moving forward, when you look at the Denver Broncos, I they just don't seem talented enough in the NF, in the AFC West for them to be able to, co- to compete with some of the other teams in that division, especially the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though they lost today, even though they lost today, I just don't feel like the Denver Broncos are on that level with the rest of the teams in the AFC West right now. Now, for the 49ers, look, it's just an unfortunate game for them. I feel like they can bounce back. Them in the NFC West... Looking at their division, I feel like they they can compete, and we're looking at and we're looking at the records right now with the Niners sitting at one and two. Like I feel like they're 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 more talented what their record shows. Now the Denver Broncos, on the other hand, I feel like it's the total opposite. I just don't think that they're that good of a team right now for them to be able to compete uh, against the elite teams. But um, Man, I'm 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 just getting to the point where I'm just I'm just I'm just like literally done with betting. I'm done with fantasy. Um I didn't get a chance to tell you guys about the trade that I made last last week with my fantasy team where I ended up trading Amase Brown 
for David Montgomery. Everybody was jumping down my throat about it. And honestly, I needed a running back. I, I really needed a running back. And then, like, I remember I was I forgot who I was talking to. But they was like, oh, my goodness, David Montgomery is so garbage. Why, why would you trade for David Montgomery? And then, boom, today he ended up with a knee injury which I'm 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 waiting to see exactly what the extent of the injury is with David Montgomery but he's he was key he was key to my three-headed monster on my fantasy team like I'm I'm extremely disappointed and I'm more disappointed in Kyler Murray more than anything because I told myself I to, I literally told myself last year when I had when I traded for Kyler Murray I will not draft Kyler Murray again. But, you know, when you end up in the heat of the moment of the draft and you need and like at this at this point in the NFL, you need to be able you need to have a dual threat at the quarterback position. And Kyler Murray was the one that I was available. I wasn't exactly believing in Jalen Hurts and I was wrong for that. It just it just it just doesn't bode well for me at this point. As far as I'm looking at my fantasy team, like uh, uh, the Darnell Mooney, he's been very very underwhelming. Um, we, I I gotta I gotta put some things together. Like I I literally gotta put some things together when it comes down to this fantasy team because I think did I tell you guys this this fantasy league is like I think it's like a a, a fifteen hundred dollar pot or something like that. I gotta look at it again, but. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get this fantasy team together. Like, if I, we gonna have to, Kyler Murray gotta step it up. Um, I do got Khalil Herbert on my roster. I do have him, and then of course Kenny Galladay. I ended up stealing him in in free agency. Somebody dropped him because now I heard there was a rumor out there that Kenny Galladay was gonna end up being traded some at some point, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Now he may end up having a good game tomorrow night versus the Dallas Cowboys. But I heard I heard rumors about the Green Bay Packers. And can you imagine Kenny Galladay paired up with Aaron Rodgers? I know Dobbs had a good game today. I know Dobbs had a good game today. I just put a waiver in for him. But if you add Kenny Galladay, like I just I feel like that's like that that's probably like the missing piece Green Bay needs right now, considering the fact they don't have the guy. But let's let's go ahead and just get into the Green Bay game and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, right? So I want to start off with this. A lot of folks wanted to write off Aaron Rodgers. Well, excuse me. A lot of they had a lot of questions about Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to do without Devontae Adams? Uh, they don't want to hear no excuses. For Aaron Rodgers without a Devontae Adams. That's all you heard during the course of the offseason after Devontae Adams got traded. And Aaron Rodgers went up against the GOAT and Tom Brady. And if we want to sit here and compare weapons, we got what? Randall Cobb, who's like 50 years old. Alan Lazard, he's like, you know, a third, a second or third option. Robert Tanyan, he's coming back from a from an injury T- T- Tyler Davis who know who's that guy uh Aaron Jones he's a, obviously we know who Aaron Jones is AJ Dillon um like if if we we just looking at these guys we just looking at these guys they're they're they're, they're pretty subpar guys and we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I felt like on the on paper 
they're about even. Russell Gage, Cameron Brate, Bashar Perryman, uh, Jalen Darden, and Kyle Rudolph. Like, oh, and they just recently added Cole, Cole Beasley. I feel like on paper, they're about even as far as weapons between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Now, in this game, at the, at the beginning, it felt like Aaron Rodgers was very, very efficient on his first drive. They was able to punch the ball in for a touchdown to Dobbs. Um, they were doing, they were definitely doing their thing. Now, the way Tampa Bay ended up getting back in this game, and this 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 goes back to the towards the end, where they punch it in for a touchdown, and the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were, weren't able to get set for the two-point conversion, and then they ended up getting called for the delay of game, penalized for the delay of game. Ended up backing up, backing the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up five yards. And obviously, they the Green Bay Packers ended up holding, and then they ended up taking the game 14-12. to 12. They were unable to get set. It's it's a lot harder to punch the ball in for five yard from five yards compared to two yards. That's just is what it is. So I'm 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 extremely for for for, for we, we get the bragging rights this year. Aaron Rodgers gets the bragging rights over 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 Tom Brady this time. And I know there's going to be some people that's listening to this. I ain't gonna mention no names. They're going to sit there and try to bring up rings, and they're going to be like, oh, let's wait to the playoffs. We're going to see what happens in the playoffs. You know how these Tom Brady fans do when they end up losing one game. And 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 we and, and to Aaron Rodgers of getting the game, this that's exactly what they go bring up. What's the playoff record? What's the playoff record? But this today, today, Aaron Rodgers gets the bragging rights over Tom Brady. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. So I, I don't want to hear it. But again, like I, I was like I was saying earlier, I'm like getting to the point where I'm gonna be done with with with, with bet, sports betting and 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 fantasy. I did touch on fantasy, but I want to talk. I want to talk about sports betting real fast because I ended up taking the New Orleans Saints over the Carolina Panthers. They ended up losing that. I ended up losing that one. Then I ended up taking the Houston Texans over the Chicago Bears. Ended up losing that one. I was close to. I was close to losing this Minnesota Vikings and Detroit Lions game, and it was going. It was going into the fourth quarter. It was going into the fourth quarter, where. The the Vikings they were down by two possessions, and I was like, "Oh my goodness! Like this is a wrap. This is not this is not looking too good for me right now." And I want to I want to go back. I want to go. I want to look. I want to. I want to. I want to touch on this game. I literally want to touch on this game because of the fact that I'm 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 trying my absolute best to try to understand how the Detroit Lions ended up screwing this game over. So at the beginning of the the first quarter, their kicker. Ended up missing a 40, I want to say it was a 47-yard field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Austin Schiebert ended up missing a 40-yard 40, a 40 field goal at the beginning of the game. And then, for some reason, toward in the fourth quarter, the second-to-last Detroit Lions possession when the Minnesota Vikings took the lead, they decided to go for it on fourth down and didn't get it where they was in field goal field goal range to be able to, you know, extend it to like a six point game or something like that. And then 
they they went for it. They didn't get it. And then it'll be a turnover on downs. And then the Vikings end up going down the field and scoring. So now you get your second opportunity to, 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 to put the ball in the end zone. And unfortunately, you end up kicking the field goal this time. And then you end up missing the field goal. So then you get the third time. I said two, but it's three. You get the third time. And then now it's now it's do or die time where you have less than a minute left and you gotta you gotta scramble and put something together. Which by the way, Jared Goff had a a really, really good game. Had a really good game. Twenty five for forty one, two hundred and seventy seven yards and one touchdown. He was very, very efficient. The the interception came at the end of the game where he had to make a final heave. But he had a very, very good game. Was able to able to get everybody involved, Josh Reynolds which I'm about to add on my fantasy team. Amon St. Brown, he's continuing to do his thing. DJ Chark finally getting involved. Like, Jared Goff is, was, doing, was doing his thing. Was literally doing his thing. But anyway, they have multiple opportunities to put this game away, and they just let it slip through their fingertips. And considering the fact that Dan Campbell is the head coach. We just had, we just got finished doing the whole hard knocks thing. I can only imagine what he is saying in the locker room. We didn't finish it, man. We didn't finish it. That's all. That's my mistake. It's all, this is this this game is on me. That's this was bad play calling. I didn't have faith in our kicker to 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 kick the field goal to put us up by six. I that that's on me. That's on me. So like, is it? It's it's it's. It's funny to me how Detroit always ends up finding a way to end up screwing themselves over, um, screwing themselves over out of a game. But some more games to touch on. The Kansas City Chiefs end up losing to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, seventeen to twenty, which I end up taking the Chiefs, and the Indianapolis Colts end up walking away with this one. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles game and the versus the Washington Washington Commanders. And it'll be in a final score, 24-8. Philadelphia, they, Philadelphia was all over Carson Wentz this game. Ended up having like nine sacks uh, on Carson Wentz. Like he could not get anything going on on offense. Another game that I took, the Vegas Raiders over the Tennessee Titans. The Titans end up edging out this win. So the Titans literally have still have some fight left in them. I felt like after that Buffalo Bills game, it was going to be like, all right, this they they didn't they I felt like the Bills took their soul. I literally felt like they took their soul. But it it seems like after this hard win versus the Vegas Raiders, they 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 got they got something left in them. So the last game I want to talk about is the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. And I took the I'm not gonna lie to you, I took the Buffalo Bills because. The last, I think the Dolphins are like 0-7 versus the Bills over the last seven games. And Tua's record, if I'm not mistaken, is like 0-3, something like that. But it wasn't, he didn't have a winning record. I was extremely concerned about this game. Teron Armstead was going to, was, 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 uh, was in question. It was in question of playing. I wasn't satisfied with, Xavier Howard's play last week versus the, the the Baltimore Ravens. Rashad Bateman had a good day. Come to find out later, he had a groin. Groin in- injuries tend to tend to linger. You had a big, you had a big matchup today versus Stephon Diggs. 
and Stefan Diggs has always had his way. I felt like that this that was going to be a, a recipe of disaster for the Dolphins. But the Dolphins somehow ended up edging out a win 21 and 19. Now let's go ahead and break this thing down. Because I want I'm going to get to the I'm going to get to the concussion protocol thing probably after we break down this game. But I felt like the Dolphins defense didn't get enough credit in, during the course of this game because they were able to force a fumble and end up putting the Miami Dolphins in in, in perfect field position at the beginning of the game. Also, them being able to consistently, the Dolphins defense consistently being able to hold the Buffalo Bills considering the fact they were leading the game in time of possession and they were just unable they were just unable to punch the ball into the end zone. Like it was, it was, it was, it was literally amazing. Like when you look at it, like Buffalo, 382 yards pass to the Dolphins, 171. Buffalo, 115 yards rushing to the Dolphins, 41. Um, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Uh, third down efficiency, 61% to 37%. Time of possession was 40 minutes and 40 seconds to 19 minutes and 20 seconds. Like, the Dolphins' defense literally held their end of the bargain. Now, towards the end of the first half, two ended up getting hit by Gregory Russo. And it didn't, it didn't look too good. And I just want to, I, I just want to, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and describe what, what transpired with this whole concussion and back injury thing. So, Tua got up. And he was beginning to walk towards the sideline and he like stumbled forward. Like, like you were stunned. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I honestly thought it was a concussion because when you have a back injury and I'm not comparing my back injuries to a, a, a professional athlete, but like I get back spasms from time to time because in my early days when I was a cashier at Sam's Club, I ended up having to transport twenty pound bags of rice and and onions and turn my turn my ass around and help out the other cashiers behind me because they were incapable of doing those things and just ringing all day, eight hours straight. Like I would ring like five hundred people a day. Can you imagine cases of water that I had to transfer? So, yeah, like I got a little bit, get, get some back spasms from time to time. Like I remember this one time I like stepped off the curb and like my back just like buckled. So back to Tua though. And I, I kind of, you, you can kind of see what a back injury looks like. When you, when you, when you, when you have something going on with your back, like you don't stumble forward and curl. Like when you have something going on with your back, it feel it feels like, your body just gets stiff and you just like go go straight up like a board like it, that that's 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 what that's what a back injury looks like and i'm sorry unfortunately the nflpa is definitely going to review this whole concussion protocol situation in miami but i really think it was a concussion i i, I commend to it for going back into the game for the miami dolphins but at the same time there could be serious consequences if the NFLPA is able to find something where you didn't follow the proper concussion protocols, like I believe it's like a five-step concussion protocol where you weren't 
we weren't required. You weren't allowed to go back into the game, and he went back into the game anyway. So we're going to continue to monitor that moving forward. But it was a wonderful win by the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins remain undefeated. The Buffalo Bills are now two and one. The Dolphins are the NFC are leading the NFC AFC East right now. Tua again, back to back weeks has shown that he can throw the ball down the field, proving us wrong. It's 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 actually pretty amazing if if you ask me. Um but Thursday night football they got the they got the AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. So it's that's gonna be definitely be a good game. Like they got the LSU in the in the in the Alabama rematch. That's gonna be very, very good. Uh but we're gonna go ahead and call this one a pod. Uh be sure to go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe button. Most definitely share. Be sure to follow us on our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, and on our Facebook pages. Uh we will be back later on in the week. This is the Not for the Bay Podcast. Bye bye to you, man. You can look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something. Ain't no fucking guess I feel like how we ain't no puppet. Like the heavens need an angel just for studying. Yeah, you know it's always a vibe when some real ones collide. Gotta keep some people around who know how to survive. Hustling like a nigga just arrived. Around the clock, a nigga loses sense of time. I done been through some shit. Yeah, I've been through some shit, but I get through it for what it's worth. Can't show no love, but the respect gon' come first. Can't pay no mind. Look me in my eyes, and you know I'm up to something. Ain't no love lost, I just move how I move.